Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Everybody, Joe McCall here. You're in for a special treat with this podcast, and I just wanted to do a quick little introduction here, so that you, uh, I want to make sure you understand exactly what we're offering here. Because in this podcast itself, we're offering two really cool free bonuses that you can get if you go to the show notes at realestateinvestingmastery.com. Click on the link that's going to be in the show notes there, and you can get this stuff. One of them is a video that I just created on how. You can have your virtual assistant in the Philippines or even just you yourself if you want. But you can have your virtual assistant in the Philippines send letters for you through Google Docs using Click2Mail or through Click2Mail using Google Docs. <laughs> Does that make sense? Um, it's a really cool video I did on how to create with Google Docs, the spreadsheet and the document, how to create the merge fields, and then how you can have your virtual assistant from the Philippines or Brazil, wherever, send these letters for you through click to mail um, It's pretty amazing. It's something that Google Docs just came out with. It's called an add-on. It's really, really cool. I, you know, For years, I've been trying to figure out how can I get my VAs send letters for me. And uh, this is something that now allows you to do it. It's really cool. So we talk about in this podcast how every seller should get a letter, a follow-up contract, or something. You should make an offer on every house that you get, every lead that comes in. And so in the podcast, we talked about that and how Tom and I do it. And in the podcast, I promised that we would create a special bonus video that you can get. The other cool thing is my assistant, Becky, has created a checklist for this podcast because Tom covered some really, really good points in here. And this is going to be one of the best podcasts that we've ever done. I'm excited about it. And um, But my assistant, Becky, has put together a checklist step-by-step uh, step of what we talked about in this podcast. And that's just a simple PDF, probably one page long, maybe two max. And uh, that will be available for you to download and review as well. So you'll get what I mean, how cool this really is once you start listening to this. So enjoy the podcast. Check out these free bonuses. Go to our website, realestateinvestingmastery.com. Look at the show notes, and you'll see that stuff in there. Okay, thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast, and we're here with part two with Tom. And I'm excited about this because we're going to dive more deeply into how he uses virtual assistants and how he set up his business because um, he's doing a lot of deals. And what Tom has done is he's dialed into what his strengths are and what he's weak at. And uh, I think this is so, yeah. Novel idea. Really novel. But uh, Alex, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Yeah, yeah. If people go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, what can they get there? They can get some free stuff. Yeah. In, in fact, it would be called our Fast Cash Survival Kit, where we do, uh, actually on my end, go through uh, using a lot of uh, virtual assistants yep. and understanding how to automate the business and understanding the business in general. So if you're brand new and you know nothing about what we're talking about, you go there We'll give you a crash course and break it down on how we go about making this business work and how it actually how everything falls into place. You know, getting a contract and then uh, securing your equitable interest in that property, and then being able to sell your equitable interest in that property uh, for some decent numbers, <laughs> yeah. and and really being able to 
say goodbye to your job because if, if you can just do one a month and make ten thousand dollars a pop, uh, you you're, you've then really replaced your income with what a lot of people would even you know a dream job that people would wish they had. And even if it was only five thousand dollars a month, you still could replace your income and and uh, really ramp it up from there. So it all starts with understanding the game, and you can do that at realestateinvestingmastery.com, checking out our fast cash survival kit and uh, getting going. And it is free, and we right. will give you your money back if you don't like it. That's right, we will if you ask if you ask nicely. But we've also oh, got yes. some we're, we're we've got some really good. Uh, podcast uh, reviews that I want to read here. Burnt Tater Tot says, great podcast, five stars. I love this podcast. Joe and Alex are very genuine and I appreciate you. They lay out everything in an easy way to understand. Thanks for the podcast, guys. Misha uh, says, freaking best podcast ever, five stars. Joe and all caps. I love wow. this. Yeah, yeah. Joe and Alex, you guys rock. Can't believe you don't charge big bucks for all of this content. You guys are like the good Samaritans of real estate investing. Keep making it rain, guys. Thank you and God bless. Roy says, great podcast. When are you guys going to do another one? This is a review. Nice. I love it. When are you going to do That was way back when we were not releasing them regularly. But we are recently releasing them more regularly now, as you probably have noticed. Uh, we just released before this one at part one with Tom Kroll. And... uh Listen, guys, if you like this show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know. Let us know that you like it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I jokingly say that, you know, if you start leaving us reviews, we won't have to buy any reviews on Fiverr. So, no, I'm just kidding. We don't do that. But, um, yeah, please leave us a review in iTunes. We appreciate it. Now, Tom, 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 we, the last podcast we did was so good. Um, and uh, we we gave away a lot of good freebie information out there too to people. So if anybody is interested in going to check that out, you got to go check out the last interview we just did with Tom. We talk about the marketing that works in the show notes. We actually gave away the, um, the postcard and the yellow letter that Tom is using and his secrets list source, the place where he's getting his leads from. And uh, so you have to go to the show notes. And I think I'm also going to have a coupon code. And I don't quote me on that. Um, but I have one that used to work. So I want to talk to Michael at yellowletters.com to see if he, uh, if he'd still let me use that coupon code. Anyway, Tom, how you doing, man? Come on, come on, come on. I'm loving life. As now, you're talking, my, my, uh, my call fire calls are coming in. Boom, 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 boom. 13 this morning. Oh man. Nice. I love it. So we need to hurry up. Let's uh, do this. We need to hurry up. Tom, I was on uh I was in San Francisco when we talked. And uh those of you that know, I just got back from a, an epic, awesome 10-week trip, uh, RV trip around the country. And um we we took an RV trip, went to about 11 different national parks, I don't know, 15 different states, whatever it was. Uh took an Alaskan cruise and we were in San Francisco. And uh, Tom called me. He says, hey, man, how you doing? He's all excited. And uh, I'm doing awesome. So how can you not get, it's, it's just, it's infectious, you know, his, his enthusiasm. And uh, so one of the things I talked about, I think, in the past, Tom, uh, was, you know, looking at your entire list of all the things you have to do and asking yourself, how can I do none of this? 
how can I get someone else to do it all for me? Right. And and I've talked about that a lot in, the, in developing the systems where you can get the work done for you in spite of you. And you've been you've wholesaled over two hundred deals in the last two years. Um, you're just crushing it. And I think you you were telling me, Tom, that you really took an inventory of of where your bottlenecks are. Right. You talk a little bit about that. I mean, talk about your journey on finding out what you're good at, what you're not good at, and what some of the changes you made. That, that's exactly what it came down to is I really was, you know, I'm doing a lot of deals and the money is great, but I was really bogged down. I mean, I don't want to say I was starting to get burnt out, but the problem was I am really, really good at locking up a property when I get in front of a motivated seller. Um, but I'm handling everything that happens before that and everything that happens after that um, from the marketing to selling the property to cash buyers and agents with cash buyers. And it's um, it, that part got a little frustrating. You know, I got this idea actually from talking to you, Joe, a while back. And you, you know, you were the one actually who told me about what you do is you write down everything you do on a daily basis. And then you look at that and you say, what can I automate? And, and uh, what can be outsourced. And I think that that's awesome. So uh, I wanted to do some of that with me myself. I've gone through some VAs. It never really worked out. I really just realized it was my fault. I wasn't really asking the right questions and, and outsourcing the right activities. Nice. So talk about that. Did you kind of do an inventory where you looked at, all right, this is what I'm good at. Obviously, it's meeting with sellers. I mean, you told me, what is it, eight out of 10? If you if you can get them at a kitchen table, build their rapport, uh, you're doing phenomenally well, right? Yeah, I mean that's really it. Came down to what am I good at, and um, you know a lot of the times the question is what can I outsource, but really it's how do I use the highest and best use of my time? And when you do that and you take that inventory, you really have to. No, this is where the business gets very personal and can serve you and you really have to know what you're good at and what you're not good at and what you don't enjoy and what you're not what's you know and and all of those sorts of questions you have to have, really have an honest conversation with yourself and you know um I'll give you a perfect example one thing for me is I am not an organized person I don't like taking notes if I do take a note I'll lose it um this became apparent with HiRise and with the database I use is HiRise and what I do there is I would have to set time aside in my day to say okay I have these calls coming in how do I make these calls well I always say you don't you know you don't do this you don't take a you make a call when you're sitting in the car and you put it on a piece of paper and then the paper falls in between the seat and now you just lost a deal so I was very strict about having a certain number of hours a day where I was working from my home office and I was cold call. I was uh, calling back voicemails, rather, of motivated sellers. The problem with that system is that it tied me to my desk, and there was a delay. If a seller called in, I felt like I should wait to make my phone calls until I was back at my desk. Yeah. So that was just one small example of of how I really wasn't free from my business for for that exact reason. So you were obviously you're good at. Building rapport and talking to sellers, right? I mean, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I I know that there's a lot of different aspects to this business, but when I get in front of the right seller, and I think you know, and I always say this, you know, you have to be a deal finder, not a deal um, creator. So I think if you're if anyone is in front of the right seller, 
you know, something that Todd and I always say is you, you really can't mess up a motivated seller lead. Um, if you're there in person, you can usually get the deal. So it's not like I'm any kind of a great salesperson, but I would say it's the part that I enjoy and I'm because I enjoy it, I'm most effective at that rather than putting data into a database. Um, right. Now, a database is supposed to make your job easier, right? Right. And, and it, it wasn't for you. Not at all. Not at all. As a matter of fact, you know, my argument is the house buyer and the company, I don't care what database you use, you really shouldn't be using it. The database should be providing you with the next thing that you have to do. And um, I really took a close look at that and I said, how can I automate a system? And it started with that small seed and now, you know, I'm happy to tell you that there's so much of my business that's automated. And I think, you know, you asked me a question on the last podcast that we did about which service I was using for for a texting app and and I didn't even really know which one it was because I don't do that. <laughs> I think I mean that's incredible because that would have never happened a few months ago. Well, that was so key what you just said. A database, whether you're using Podio or HiRise or FreedomSoft or whatever, uh, a database should only be providing you with the next thing that you have to do. I think that is fantastic. Right. So, and 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 Maybe expand on that a little bit more, Tom, would you? Sure. What does that look like for you? So here's the way, and this is just one example of how I'm, what I've really done, Joe, is I've taken my VA. Before when I was trying to hire VAs, I would have conversations with people. I would sit there and I'd say, what can a VA do? Because if I'm going to hire somebody, what are the list of things that I can think of that they can do so that I can fill their time? And it was almost like an obligation for me to come up with things for them to, like invent different things for them to do. Um, so that I could keep them busy. And that is not a good strategy. So um, here is, in this just one small example, this is how, this is what my day looks like today with turning my VA into what I say is a PA, which is a personal assistant. Mm. So this is somebody who is really helping me throughout my day. Um, We started with the premise that the database should be allowing me to have the highest and best use of my time. That is not entering data into a database. I'm not right. good at that. I'm not, it's not my cup of tea. So what I did is I said, okay, let's come up with a system where I can be most effective even if I'm not in front of my database. That started with the tasks. So for instance, someone calls in, they leave a voicemail, they need a phone call back. There's a task scheduled. So the first step is that my assistant now takes the phone call in, uh, not the phone call, what she does is she takes the voicemail. She will enter the voicemail and all the data from the voicemail directly into my database. Uh, so the let me clarify something too here. Um, a lead comes in. You're only calling back the people who leave a voicemail, right? I, I personally don't call back anyone who doesn't leave a voicemail. Correct. Okay. So um, is your outgoing message just short and sweet or is it like a pre-recorded message? I actually have about 12 lines, marketing lines. Some of them are what I call branded, where um, they're branded and there's a long voicemail about PSL home buyers. Others are more personal or what I call, you know, they're, they're unbranded or Tom, the local friendly investor. Um, those are, hey, this is Tom, leave me a message and, and it's short and sweet. Or it'll say something like, hey, this is Tom. Um, if you're calling about a house that you're selling, I am looking for a house. Please give me your name your phone number, and the address of the property you'd like to purchase. You mix it up. You're always testing different things, right? I'm constantly testing and measuring different voicemails. I also, I have a small list of sellers in my territory, so I will circulate them through a sequence of different 
male pieces with different voicemails. Awesome. Yeah. So typically what happens is the voicemail comes in. My assistant, my, my, my VA who lives in the Philippines, who works my hours, will immediately put that into high-rise. She will then schedule a, a, a task to happen immediately if this person left a voicemail. She'll take that information and she will send me – I have a specific email address that's hooked up directly to my iPhone that is called tasks. Well, it's, it has an email address specifically for tasks for me. And it'll be a task for right now to call this person and to uh, take the phone call. So now, instead of having to wait till I'm sitting at my desk, I can be on the road going to see a motivated seller and I can take a phone call immediately. Well, now, you were telling me too that she's only sending you a certain number of tasks at a time. Is that right? Absolutely. The other problem is what we found when we first tested the system is that if I just said to you, okay, Joe, here are your 80 tasks for today, you may get to them, you may not. But what happens is we keep a queue of three. So she'll send me my first three tasks when she starts in the morning. And then as I go through tasks, there's constantly three tasks that I have to do. So as I go through, if I go through a task, she'll send another, she'll send another. And then at the end of the day, I wrap up the three last tasks and they stop coming in. I love that. Yeah, I love it. I love that. Because you're only looking at, the next thing you have to do, you're not completely overwhelmed with this huge list of all these sellers you got to call, all the stuff you got to do, right? Absolutely. And I've really made her, no, I don't want to say made her, but I, I had a conversation with, with Lorena about how do we prioritize those? For instance, if 10 voicemails come in, who should be called back first? Um, she'll know that we always ask typically for three pieces of information. So if someone leaves three pieces of information, uh, their name, their phone number, and the address, and the other person only leaves two pieces of information without the address, the person with the with all three pieces of information will have higher priority. Okay, so she'll create a task. So if you went into high-rise, you'd see all 80 of your tasks, right? I, I would, but I have not – I literally have not opened high-rise for over two months. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. All right, so uh, this is – guys, you can see why I'm so excited about interviewing Tom for this podcast. You're not even looking at HiRise anymore, which is your main. Da- it's not because HiRise is a bad database, although well, I would say that Podio is better, in my opinion. I one of these days I'll convince you to convert, like I have to <laughs> your brother. I I know he tells me about it all the time. He loves it. I, it yeah, I so understand you, that it's it's a yeah. I I know it's a more powerful HiRise uh, HiRise. I know Podio is more powerful, and I also know that I think the guys at 37 Singles have stopped supporting HiRise, and they've moved on to Basecamp, so uh, that makes me a little bit nervous. So I, still, I will. But still, what you're saying applies to both. I mean, um, it doesn't matter. What, if you're using um, a, a, a tablet, stone tablets with carrier pigeons, right? You know, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is you are not a data entry in person in your employee. If you're the house buyer, you shouldn't be the data entry person. Excellent. So this is applicable to all salespeople in all industries. Um, salespeople are notoriously not very well organized. When they're in front of the prospect, they are very good, but um, you know they, they're not good at reports and, and all of that other stuff. So so this kind of answers that question. I don't really care, you know, what is in the background. Uh, to me, I just want to know who do I need to speak to next? Okay. So you're only, your only, your VA listens to the voicemail. She puts the information into high rise. So she's tracking the stuff in high rise, right? Yes. Everything okay. gets tracked in high rise. All right. Now, um, does she pull up any property information on the pro- on the property or look up any kind of uh, property records? 
Right. So, so this is the next part of the, the deal. So now she will send me, she'll create the task and now she'll send me the task. When I get the email, it goes to a specific email address that I keep open all day. It's the only email address that I keep open and my phone will buzz and it'll say I have a task. Um, that email will contain the person's address, their name, all the telephones that they left to call on, either the, the number they called in at and the number they left to call back to. It'll also contain the voicemail if I want to listen to it, which I usually do not. And it'll also contain the information from the websites that I need in order to properly comp the property just on a basic comp of where I approximately need to be. So she'll send me the information that I need so I know, okay, this home I should pay approximately $100,000 for. Um, so it kind of just gives me a few basics of the property. All right. Now, where do you get that information? I'm curious. Um, for me, it comes from different places depending on uh, the county. Sometimes it comes from MLS. Uh -huh. Sometimes it comes from Zillow, and sometimes it comes directly from the county website, the property appraiser page. Okay. We're, we're very fortunate in one county where, that we, where we work that we actually can buy – if we can buy properties at a percentage of uh, – you know, a very certain percentage of the appraisal uh, number, then we know it's a deal. I would uh, recommend people listening to that to really um, – I mean that's, that's really, really important. I am a big fan of a RealQuest Express, believe it or not. Okay. Um, I normally don't like the big daddy um, uh, companies, <laughs> like we talked a little bit about the last episode, but okay. um, they uh, they're really good. And what they can do is they can give you all the detailed property information on like a two or three page report, and you can get it by county. I actually have an account for the nation for the whole country. And it's okay. like one hundred and fifty bucks a month for the whole country. But if you picked just one county, it, it'd be like forty or fifty bucks a month. But what your VA can do then is put in the address, get all the mortgage information, last sale date, tax records, and stuff like that. And they give you their estimate of value, which is I found better than Zillow. It's still not perfect, but it's better than Zillow. And there's also a report that you can get of comps, of solds. And this is really, really, I find these, this is where the most value of it comes in from. It'll show you the um, all the properties within the last six months, within 15% of the square footage that are the same type of home. You know, if it's a house, it's a whatever it is, within a half mile. You can set up this criteria. It's all your VA has to do. They don't have to think about it. They just click a button. It brings up all the comps. They print a report. But it, it's kind of like it doesn't force your VA to think about anything. The other thing I'd recommend that you consider, Tom, is have your VA send you the three lowest actives in the neighborhood. And you can get that from Zillow. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Or Redfin. But many okay. times when I'm talking to a seller, um, that you know, I I really look at the actives pretty closely because I can tell that seller, look, I know you want 70 for your house, but I can buy these three homes within a half mile for 50. So why would I want to buy yours? Right? I love that. That helps them see what their competition is. So anyway, that's awesome. So now you have an, excuse me, your VA uh, listens to the voicemail transcribes it, gives you the information, sends it to a specific email that you have. And you know, when you get that email, it's a new lead. Exactly. And, uh, okay. So it has the information about the property. Then what do you do? You call the seller. Okay. So at that point, I take a quick look at the email. I make a phone call and I am very, very strict about my phone calls. Every single phone call with the seller can only end in one of five ways. It is either that there is it's a motivated seller, which means that there is distress with the timeline, 
In that case, if they're local, I'll go and meet with them and book an appointment immediately. Um, and I'll tell you how we do that in a second here. But um, So that's the first scenario. Or if they're remote, we'll have uh, – Lorena will automatically send them um, – she'll set up a purchase agreement based on what we agreed upon and she'll use a mobile notary to get that contract signed uh, ASAP. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, okay, so you are – if they're motivated – they go into the motivated bucket category, and you're going to set up an appointment to meet with them as soon as possible, right? Absolutely. I'll try to get there that day. Okay, that day. And then if they're farther away, you're you're still going to negotiate a price over the phone, but you're going to send then a contract via with a local notary, right? I use one two three mobile notary or one two three notary, I think it's called. And we, um, what we'll do is we will actually, if we can agree on a price and get the deal under, and you know, sometimes that's some back and forth. But once we do that, we very quickly will send a mobile notary with the purchase agreement and have them uh, sign the purchase agreement. Okay, I know the answer to why you do this, but you tell me why do you do that? Why don't you just email it to them, or why do you have a notary actually go to their house and do it? Sure, great question because. Um, my seller's brother-in-law is a real estate expert and will pay them cash on the spot more than what I'm willing to give them when he sees the, ha- the contract on the dining room table. <laughs> so that's why that's the number one reason I do it. The, uh, the, number, the, se- the second reason I do it is more efficient. So, but yeah, I, I, the, the problem I find is I don't want to wait on the seller's timeline. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll, I can't tell you how many deals uh, I didn't get because of that. With the mobile notary, Somebody comes over, a professional, they don't even really read the contract. They just sign it, and it's, we get it same day. And they can't really ask the notary or negotiate with the notary, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you do? The, you, give them the, you give the seller the two options, right? Can I have my notary come by today at 5 or um, 8? Uh, yeah. Essentially, what we do is um, I'll, I, I usually just say, well, um, you know, I have a mobile notary in town, and I can be there, you know, yeah, 3 o'clock, whatever. All right, so – let me ask you just a philosophical question. Then, when you're making these offers, do you? What's your philosophy on when you get you just get it under contract, right? And even if it's marginal, you'll still want to get it under contract because the chances of you being able to negotiate a lower price are going to be higher once it's already under contract. Does that make sense, Joe? I'm so glad that you asked me that because I cannot tell you how many people get stuck on valuations. I mean, here's the bottom line. If you send an appraiser, a professionally trained, certified, licensed appraiser, if you find five of those guys and you send them to the same house, every single one is going to come back with a different number. So I don't care if the person's motivated. That's all I really care about. And as long as there's equity in the price that I'm offering based on what they owe, um, I just want to get that house under contract. Yeah. That's all I care about. I don't care about the house. I don't really care about the price. I will know instantaneously when I send that email to my cash buyers or I start texting my buyers you know, about that property if my price is wrong or right. Now, I don't use this as a tactic to kind of like give people haircuts at the last minute. But if I need to readjust my number, I readjust my number. But I don't allow valuations to stand in my way. We just crush them. They come up and we just get the house under contract. If it's wrong, we renegotiate. If it's, if it's right, we do the deal. Get it under contract. Absolutely. And, and get it under contract while you have them on the phone. Absolutely. <laughs> so you, I, let me take a guess. Uh, when you're talking to a seller, you don't tell them, all right, well, let me, let me look at some comps and, and, and sharpen my pencil and, and call you back tomorrow with, uh, with an offer or something, right? 
I try not to do that. Now, okay. sometimes the person's not emotionally ready, so we're kind of you know getting married, and sometimes that takes one or two calls. But if I can lock it up on that first call, I will. All right. Yeah. Um, so and and we're we're yeah, but basically there's five different ways the call can end. That would be the first way. Now, what I want to stress is all of this is automated. So this is what makes my life so much easier. So so all of these processes happen without my interaction. They they all happen as in a sequence without me having to do anything. Right. Um, the the second way is that there's there is no motivation or distress. Um, you know, they'll say something like, "Well, I just was calling you to see how much my house was worth." Um, in that case, we will automatically send a written offer that's time sensitive. Um, that goes out automatically. Um, and then we have a three month follow up task on that call. Um, All right. So I'm, I'm glad you're going through this step by step, but I want to slow down a little bit. You send a written offer automatically. How does your VA in the Philippines send that? Um, she, well, we have a few different ways we can do that now, but, um, what I was doing up until just recently is I had a local assistant who would actually receive an email and then print it. It was, it was, uh, seven days, seven business days, time sensitive. She would sign it with my signature and then she would actually physically put it in the mail. Okay. Now I know I've been talking to Todd and there's other ways to do that. You can actually use click to mail. I think it is, and they'll do it for you automatically. Um, and there's a few other options too. I mean, if you're on a budget, you can just do it yourself or have you know, a spouse or, or relative do it for you. I tell you what, what I'm going to do for you guys listening to the podcast is I'll do a quick little video, bonus video to put into the podcast. If you go to the show notes, there's a way you can send um, letters through Google Docs, through click to mail really quickly and easily. So if you have an account with click to mail, you can have your VA in the Philippines just real quickly. Create a letter in Google Docs and send it through click to mail right from Google Docs from the Philippines. Okay. And uh, uh, click to mail will send a letter for like 85 cents. It's ridiculous how cheap it is. And awesome. um, yeah, that, that works really, really well. So I'll do a bonus video about that. I love it. All right. So um, that's number two. There's no motivation, but you still send an offer. Why, why do you do that? Yeah, I mean, everyone gets an offer. It's actually, I'm looking at a sign, it's above my desk, and it has three explanation points. Uh, everyone gets an offer for a lot of reasons. First of all, when you talk to your sellers, a lot of them are embarrassed about their situation and they don't really want to open up to you and they're a little bit angry. It has nothing to do with you, but they just are a little bit angry about the situation they're in. So they, uh, you can't get any headway on the phone. They know they need help, but they just don't want to admit it. Um, I can tell you that I get um, multiple deals every year from people who said absolutely not. They gave me some sky-high price at a sarcasm. I sent them the time-sensitive offer, and then I got the deal. Some of them just sign it and send it back. Others will call you up and try to negotiate, but it is definitely um, a marketing channel that you do not want to ignore. Yeah, for sure. Everybody gets an offer. All right. What's the uh, the other two or three things? Sure. So the third way, is, the third phone call is you actually hit a person who's either an agent, a cash buyer, a rehabber, a landlord, somebody like that. So you have an investor. In in that scenario, we take down their information. We put their email into our Mailchimp account for cash buyers or agents with uh, with cash buyers, and then we've got um, and then we have. Um, 
the telephone number and that goes into our text blasting account so that when we do get a property under contract, we send them a little text message that says, hey, you know, did you, did you see the house I just emailed you? Awesome. So that's number three. Uh, number four is voicemail. If we get a voicemail, we automatically – we will leave a voicemail. Hi, this is Tom. I was calling you about the house that you have available. Um, and they will automatically receive a text message from my assistant so I don't have to sit there with my big thumbs trying to type out a message on a small iPhone screen. And it will say, I was calling about the house. Is it still available? So you'll, you're the one who leaves the voicemail, right? I do leave a voicemail, yeah. All right. So then if he goes to voicemail, you just reply to that email back to the – VA, um, hey, I left a voicemail. Send them a text message, and yes. um, and do the, does the VA create a new task then for you to call them again um, the next day or a couple days later? Yes, we call voicemails three times in a week in in a five, in a seven day period, um, and then after that, if we get no response, we, we and we only text them the first time. Okay. Um, we don't text them every time, so we'll send we'll leave up to three voicemails. If we don't hear back from them at that point. Um, they get a three-month follow-up task. Okay. Actually, I think that might be six weeks. I, I don't know. It might be six weeks or three months. I have to look at my manual. I, I don't – I want to say three months though. Okay. Um, that's number uh, four. Number five is they is the opt-out. They call in just to say stop sending me mail. Um, what we do with those people is we will take them out of the database uh, entirely. So they will completely come out of the database. The reason we do that – on the opt-outs is because we do send a voicemail blast to everyone, every seller who's ever called in every uh, four or five months just to say, hey, this is Tom. I called you a few months ago about your property. If it's still available, call me at this number. If you're not interested in selling, you know, no reason to call me back. Nice. Now, you do that every four to five months. Maybe you should do it more than that. Yeah, we could. We, we could. I, I, I have no problem with that. I will tell you every single time we've done it, we've gotten a deal or multiple deals. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so now – so the question becomes though I'm still – that's still a lot of processes. So how do I get that where I don't have to do anything because I don't want to send this information back to my VA. So what I've come up with is I wanted to develop a system where I was totally mobile and I didn't have to type anything. So now what I do is while I'm in the car – I will be on the phone with these people and then I will use another application called WhatsApp and actually now with the iOS 8 on iPhone you could do it through there but I use WhatsApp and I will tell Lorena the next step on the account um, and, and that is the key. So now for instance if I'm on the phone with you and you are not at all motivated I'll say uh, Lorena with Joe McCall can you send him a written offer for 89000 Okay. So now I don't even have to type anything back, which is fantastic. Now, you use WhatsApp because your VA is in the Philippines. Yes. They may not have an iPhone. Uh, but, right, right. But, so, yeah, so she uses um, – we still use WhatsApp. Um, I think that Lorena actually did just buy an iPhone, but we're still using WhatsApp. It seems to work very well. Okay, so WhatsApp is free, and it, what you, you like it is – you like doing it because you can just record your voice. And right. Now, the new iPhone also has a way you can text a voice recording. So um, does it really matter? Do you, and that voice recording can go to anybody even with an Android, right? Yes, right. So, yeah, it, it's absolutely. You could use either with six of one, half dozen of another. But I guess you've got to – well, I guess the question still is, though, Tom, let's, 
you know, can, can you send somebody in the Philippines a text message from your, just your regular iPhone texting? I don't know if you can do that or not. Um, I don't know. I guess I you, know. you could send a text message to their email. But anyway, there's lots, there's a hundred different options that you could do. But the, the app called WhatsApp, that can go to anybody regardless of what phone they're using, Android or iPhone. And I think you can even go to the WhatsApp website, can't you? Maybe get your responses there. I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm not sure. I know she uses the – Lorena uses the WhatsApp website. But what I like about WhatsApp is just the ability that I, as soon as I get off the phone, I immediately send her a, a voice memo. And then uh, she does all of the data entry. So I don't have to actually um, ever pick up a pen or paper. So I'm just – you know, I'm moving throughout my day and it's very, very smooth. When I stop working – so for instance, if I'm going to go in and have some lunch – my tasks don't start piling up. I right. still have three tasks, yeah, and I just go through them at my leisure. All right, so let's look at the first option. The first thing that you do here, it's a motivated seller. And where are my notes? It's a motivated seller, and they're motivated. They, they want an offer. You're going to meet with them that day, right? So you just, you just schedule a time to go meet with them, and uh, once – you bring a contract with you, I imagine, right? I do. So the way it works is if, if I said to you, let's just say it's 11 o'clock in the morning and I call you and I'm, I happen to be out and I say, Lorena, Joe McCall is, is highly motivated. Uh, I'm going to see him today at 3 o'clock. Automatically, that will set off a series of things that will allow me to go and see you. The first thing that will happen is Lorena will put that on my calendar. So I, and I will get a half an hour notice that and it will pop up on my phone. So and you're alert. not you- – <laughs> You're not even putting it on your calendar. No, I don't want to do anything <laughs> except for talk to motivated sellers. Right. That's how this started. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's fantastic. So, All right. So <laughs> your VA is see this. This is I remember. I I exactly remember where I was talking. I was I was walking my dog Tom. We were at this trailer <laughs> park, mobile RV motorhome park, whatever, in San Francisco, and. Uh, I had to go to the bathroom so bad, I remember, but I was so excited talking with you. I, I, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I, was, I told my wife I was just going to be gone for a couple of minutes. I was, we talked for like 45 minutes. Right, right. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was walking the dog around this dog walking area. But um, so this is what got me so excited because you literally said, all right, um, I don't want to touch high rise anymore. I don't want to get on my computer anymore. Um, and, and you were used to be so stressed out because you're not organized and here you can, you can only get a certain amount of business done, um, because you forced yourself, you put yourself in a box and, and you could only work while you were on the computer in your desk right. and you were just getting buried with so much stuff and it was stressing you out. And you, you finally reached a point where you said that enough is enough. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. I just got to a point where I said, I can't do this anymore, and I've got to start stop coming up to find interesting ways for my VA to work and actually just get her to do what I need her to do. So, you know, and that it was my fault that the system wasn't in place, and now it's fantastic. I mean, we can get into more conversation about, you know, all of the things that she's outsourced, but I don't even touch my email anymore, and that was a huge game changer. But, um, well, yes. okay, so now this VA is working – Eight to five local time, right? Yes, she works my time eight thirty to four thirty. All right, and, and how did you find this VA? On Odesk, and um, it was just somebody that I I went through, and I tr- I tried. I think I went through. I want to say maybe four people until I found her. 
Um, okay. And she just worked out very well. And um, you, you wrote this stuff down. So you've, you've created your own process manual, right? Yes. So this is all a manual that basically allows me to go throughout my day. And I could be at the gym. I can be – not that I go to the gym a lot, Joe. But <laughs> I could be anywhere throughout the whole day and I am fully engaged and there is not a single lead falling through the cracks. If there is somebody who's super motivated um, – so for instance, we got one. The lady said, I have to sell my house immediately. Um, Lorena will send me you know, an alert that says you have to – do this one right now. Um, so I basically just go out throughout my whole day. I spend time with the kids and I can at any time be totally fully engaged without a laptop in front of me, which is fantastic. Awesome. Okay. So you get this motivated seller who right. says, yeah, I want it. So you, you, you don't even look at your calendar, but you get an appointment scheduled. Um, right, so she so she schedules the calendar event. She also automatically will create the purchase agreement based on the address. So she pulls all the information off of the county, and she'll automatically email me a purchase agreement. So if I'm home, I'll print it off before I go. If I'm not home, I keep blank purchase agreements, subject to agreements, um, and assignment agreements in my car at all times. Right. So. Um, yeah, I mean, so quickly, I just, I'll go to the appointment, I'll meet with you, I'll say, hey, Joe, you know, blah, 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 here's the price, do you say yes, you say yes, and then I will pull out the purchase agreement, uh, you sign it, I will automatically take a picture of it and send it over and fax it over to my title company, who has a whole bunch of procedures that they do with it at that point, where they start immediately pulling title. Okay. Um, I developed a form on Google, on the Google Drive, I have a house form which allows me to fill out all the information about the house so I ha can give um, I can give Lorena all of the information about the home so it'll tell it'll have a headline about why the seller is selling it will give her the bedroom bedroom count bathroom count any of the special features which is a checkoff list on the house form online so it's all on my phone so it'll say fireplace pool large corner lot um, Based on all of that information, she will go into MailChimp. She'll automatically create the MailChimp email um, and that will go out to all the buyers. And the uh, title company will start pulling title automatically. Um, so I never have to do anything with the property. All of the photos for the photo link for the email are automatically – they come from my iPhone. We upload those onto Dropbox or I think now she uses Google+. So she puts the link in there. Um, and that's it. So the, literally from the minute you sign the contract, uh, within 20 minutes of me leaving the house, it's already sent out to all of my buyers and I've never had to do anything. Now, do you, do you have a website you put the properties on or do you normally sell them pretty quickly just from your emails and text messages? They usually sell same day or next day. So there's almost no inventory. So for me, there's not a reason for it. Awesome. Yeah. So she, she puts the information together. Um, you, you're you're filling out some kind of form that lists the bedrooms and features, and you you're you're obviously telling her what price to advertise it for. Yes. Um. And so she gets that information, she puts it together in an email, and she probably puts a link to all the pictures, like a Dropbox link or something, right? Exactly. It includes yep. that in the email, sends out to everybody. She, does she also send the text blast to your buyers? Yes, absolutely. And, and that is really, uh, you know, we just were talking about it, but that for me has been the real game changer. That has really allowed me to consistently now be in a situation where I'm getting highest and best offer on all of my properties because I have so many people who now are, are aware of the property, whereas before the email, 
like I said, I mean, I don't want to say email is dead, but email compared to texting is a dinosaur. Yeah. So it's, it, the, the texting is just phenomenal. And uh, yeah, and that's it. So the entire process is completely done, even up to the point where we sell the property. Um, we will have the assignment agreement automatically created by Lorena. So when I go out to show the property um, with the buyer who's going to purchase, that is all done automatically. Again, I don't have to go to the title company. I just use, um, I think it's called Genius Facts, and I take a picture of the documents in my car, and it goes right to the facts company, so it, to the title company. So the entire process from front to back is completely automated. Awesome. And I've never had to really type anything. The only time I type anything into my phone is when I'm filling out the house order, what I call the house order form, which is just the details of the property uh, for Lorena. Okay, good. So now when it's not motivated, the seller's not motivated, and you're offering 50, they want 150, um, you're, you're going to just record a voice message and send it through WhatsApp or whatever to your right. VA, say, all right, this seller at 123 Main Street, I just talked to them. What do you... What kind of instructions do you give your VA for that sure. not motivated uh, lead? Lorena, 123 Main Street uh, has no motivation. Uh, send a written offer and um, let's call back in three months. And you'll and tell her what to make the written offer for? Um, sometimes. It depends on the county. If it's in my St. Lucie County, it's automatically based on a price, that it's a, which is a percentage of uh, the county number that we, that we use. So you, <laughs> you're not even calculating the number yourself. No, she does the evaluation and the comps. So she just takes something like, you know, the Zillow value or the appraisal value in the county records times 70% or something, right? Yeah, and you know, I, I just had this conversation with a student and, you know, um, this particular student was really hung up on valuations and we were going back and forth and back and forth and I said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take the last 10 deals you've done and I want you to see what you locked them up for, um, or I'm sorry, what you sold them to your buyers for based on the Zillow number. And it turned out that in, in almost all 10 deals, it was just a percentage of that Zillow number. He ended up actually selling at about 68% of the Zillow number to his end buyer. So I said, great, the next property you go out on, just take 68%, that's what your buyer's gonna pay, and then minus off 20,000, in, in his territory he does 20K per deal. So you minus 20,000 from that number, and that's where you need to lock it up at. And that's it. I mean, if there's motivation, you'll get the deal. That's so much more important than valuation. I love it. You know, um, one of the things that I did a few months ago was I looked at all of the cash transactions in my county, investor purchases in my county, and I had my VA go through and look at the sold price and then pull up the square footage, the Zillow estimate for rent, and the Zillow value. Right. So I had three ratios. I took the average price per square foot by zip code, the average price um, as, a, um, as a ratio of the rent. So I took the price divided by the rent, the monthly rent, okay? And I also did the, um, the average price as a percent of the Zillow value. Got it. And so now I have three numbers. So when I, when I get a property, I just look at if I have... Um, I know the Zillow's estimate for rent, the square footage, and the Zillow's value. I know the average price that investors are buying properties for in that zip code based exactly. on those three numbers, right? I love and, it. And so then it's just a matter of that's what you make your offer for. And so what we did is we actually, um, we, in one of our mail campaigns, um, we just actually sent offers. 
you know, we instead of sending a postcard or a yellow letter, hey, I want to buy your house, we actually sent contracts. And uh turns out it didn't work that well. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, we did get a couple deals out of it, but nothing, it was just too much work. I mean, we get the same kind of, we get the same number of deals with the postcard. Um, and it was a lot cheaper. So that's why I stopped doing it. But the point is, you could come up with those numbers really easily, the average numbers for your zip codes, and just have your VAs make offers based on those numbers. Just exactly Definitely. like, and it doesn't have, let's say you haven't done 10 deals yet. My point is, you can look at what investors are in the last six months have bought homes for in these zip codes, right? And then um, uh, have have a VA, maybe it's just a percent of Zillow, or maybe it's just an average price per square foot, um, or maybe it's a percentage of the rent. That's something that you could easily get an average for by each zip code. It's awesome. Now, if there's no motivation, you send them an offer automatically. And you're not even giving the, the your VA a number. She's just calculating that number herself and sending that letter. Exactly. And then that letter has a cover letter that has my contact information and a very, very low response rate on that. Extremely high conversion rate. As a matter of fact, I don't think we have, I don't think I've ever had a callback that we didn't buy and, and resell or, you know, wholesale. So That's it's huge. Yeah. It's almost a hundred percent conversion rate on, on when you get a call back from the offer. Um, now I will say I do get some offers. I get some offers back in the mail and um, they have a lot of interesting verbiage on them with big red <laughs> yeah. pens. <laughs> oh, so. I know. I, I In our last podcast, I was just telling you, we got one sent back to us and they signed it. My right. my the, my step procedure is my wholesaler who's taking these leads and these calls. He just puts, he just creates a task for the VA, send an offer for 13K. Right. And the VA sends it and we use um, click to mail. And uh, the, yeah, this, this, the seller, three months later just signs it and send it, mails it back. And now we get it. this, we get this piece in the piece in the mail. Um, I, I just started doing that actually with subject twos. So I'm waiting to see what kind of a response I get back on that. So I'm interested to see if the subject two deals, uh, fare well as well, as well. Well, I'm interested to know more about your subject twos. Maybe we can talk about that later. Um, okay. So your, uh, and then does your, does your VA create a task to follow up again with that seller in three months or something like that? Yes. Yes. Although I will tell you the follow-up calls from the written offers that we send out uh, does not do very well. We usually, you know, I don't remember ever asking you for anything, you know, that kind of a, so I, I, it's not the hottest, uh, they're not the hottest calls. And I really can't tell you if whether or not I've had any success with actually locking up a property because I haven't measured that. Um, but I'm starting to think that the best way to do it is just send the written offer. And then once they're in the database, they're going to get blasted with a voicemail anyway, eventually. Yeah. So I'm, I'm considering not even calling those guys back at all. Okay. So anything else happens with that lead that your VA does or just puts them in the follow-up sequence? That's the end of the sequence at that point. Do you put sellers in an automated email series? You know, I, I don't, I've had this conversation. Um, I don't get a lot of emails. Um, I've got a little bit of an older crowd here in Florida, especially in my territory. It's an extremely high retirement community. Um, so I, I don't, um, I would say only about, I would say maybe not even 50% of the time we even get the, uh, the seller's, um, email. If we do get the email, we will email the offer rather than send it via mail. But no, I haven't. I do have some of them, but are, are you finding good results with an email campaign for the sellers? I have never had success with it, but I've never tried it. 
really that hard to ask for the emails from the sellers. I did talk to a guy and he has, what he does, I thought was really fantastic. Um, He'll tell the seller, hey, can we send you, can we email you some information about your property? Uh, Can we, we'll email you some comps and we'll email you some information about our company. Is that okay? And uh, eight out of 10 sellers will say, yes, that's fine. And so he gets their email address and he will, um, he'll tell them, all right, look, because he's using a double opt-in. I think he's using a Weber. And he'll tell them, it says, all right, well, I'm going to put your email into our system and you're going to get an, an automated email that says, click this link to allow us permission to send you email in the future. So just make sure you click that link. After you do that, then we'll send you the comps on your property. So he's, he's creating some kind of free report that has the comps on the property along with a flyer that he has about his company. Wow. So it's as simple as just asking that question. Would you mind if we send you some comps on your property or what your house is worth um, along with the, you know, some information about us and our company? You know what? I'm just looking at my script and on my script, uh, number, um, number 14, which is the last question is, do you have an email address so that I can send you a written offer? Um, but I, I, I don't even really, to be honest with you, I bear, I, I very rarely even ask that question. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do need to do a better job about that actually on that. Cause you can get the emails in an autoresponder series and you know, that's, that's just another thing, another touch, right? Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, so um, now it's an agent cash buyer. You talk to this seller or whatever, this lead, and it turns out they are not a motivated seller. Um, Again, you just record some information. What do you say to your VA? Yeah, so if um, it, what I'll typically do is if, if it turns out it's an agent who's just calling out of curiosity, I'll explain to them exactly what I do or if it's a, or, or if it's a cash buyer of some sort, I'll explain what I do. Um, then I will ask that individual to, I'll say, you know, hey, Joe, do me a favor. If you text me your best email address and your first name and your phone uh, and your phone number, I will send it to my my assistant and I'll actually add you to my cash buyer list. Um, you know, is that okay? And then they'll say, okay. And I'll say, do you want me to send you a text message next time I lock up a hot deal? And they'll say, okay. So I'll say, okay to that. And then I'll say, great, send me that. And then I will forward that text message to uh, Lorena. Otherwise, I have to sit there and like type it out, which is a oh, nightmare. Tom, yeah. come on now. Come on. <laughs> you could, you could send your, you could send a voice message to your VA. Hey, uh, add Tom to our buyers list. His phone number is five, five, five. You could do that. <laughs> well, the, the, the problem really is not the phone number. It's the email. That's where ah. it gets, you know, everyone's email is, Oh, you know, this is Bob parsley at uh one two three fourteen <laughs> hotmail you know that's too much well okay any more yeah and i agree any more i don't care about having my buyer's email addresses i just want their phone numbers you know i hear um, you brother i hear you okay so if it's a uh if it's a voicemail you you call the seller back you get their voicemail w- what message do you send to your va with that uh sure so um I just, uh, that's all I say is, uh, Lorena on, uh, on one, two, three main street, uh, we left a voicemail. Um, she'll automatically send the text message and, uh, then she'll re- re- she will reschedule it, um, for within a 48 hour time frame with, uh, an, with a counter, meaning that, um, she'll put it in high rise. Okay. Voicemail one, voicemail two, voicemail three. The, the, the key there is what would happen is the task list kept building. And we found that the reason it was building and we could never get 
to the point where we had zero tasks is these voicemail were like in this forever cycle of leaving voicemails. Yeah. Um, so what we decided is every three voicemails stop calling um, and and just leave it. They're gonna be they're gonna we're gonna leave a voicemail anyway in with the voicemail blast. So it doesn't really make a difference. So we just just made a decision after three voicemails stop calling and we only text on the first voicemail. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so you're just basically, as soon as you get a task done, your VA sends you another task. So she's keeping track of in high rise. She, compl- she marks the tasks complete. And she's also has a way to see has a system to prioritize which tasks to send you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and the whole point is you want to get to zero tasks. I mean, if you have tasks sitting out there, um, you know, I will say typically when I'm not in the middle of a campaign, like today I'm in the middle of a campaign, um, I'm not going to get through all of my tasks today. Um, but when you're not in the middle of a, a campaign, you should be zeroing out your tasks, you know, by, you know, two o'clock. You know, you don't want to keep these things in the queue. So that's really uh, – that's the game plan. And, and this is – you know, this is just one example of using a VA properly in my opinion and turning them into a personal assistant. But you really – yeah, you have to you have to know what you really want your day to look like, and then work backwards from there to say why does my day not look like that, um, and that's kind of where we started. But it it is a game changer, Joe. It's a game changer because I could be anywhere and I can choose to be fully engaged or not engaged at all, and there's no middle ground. There's no like, oh, well, I'll kind of dip my toe in the water, and this call I'll take, but then I'll write down a note and put it in my pocket, and, oh, the worst. You can't do that. <laughs> I love it. I'm writing this down. I like what you said. Look, What do you want your day to look like? And then work backwards from there. Right. And be honest with yourself about what you're not good at. Like, I'm okay with the fact that I'm not a good data entry person. That's okay with me. I'm not going to, like, I, I love the book Strengths Finder. You know, work at what you're good at. Don't try to improve what you're not good at. Just just accept that you're not good at and outsource it. <laughs> so, Excellent. you know. It's it's fantastic. And and this has been, you know, this is one example with high rise or with my database and with my task schedule, but this same theory now has been extrapolated out all the way to all of my entire day. So even things like email or um you know what you know all, all the stuff that I'm working on, um the only thing that really is not motive that is not um really in that system is my marketing. Um that is a little bit that that's a sensitive information so that I don't I do myself still. Yeah, I know Alex does the same thing and by the way Alex had to go. But um yeah, he he always does the postcards himself. Me personally, I have a local assistant who I've I've taught to do all of our direct mail. Right. And um she's she's phenomenal. I love that though just figuring out okay, what do I want my day to look like? What am I not good at? And then getting a personal assistant right. uh, to to manage that for you. Um, and so you're hardly ever even opening your laptop. You're just communicating with her back and forth and you've, you've helped, you've, you've made her kind of like your gate. Um, I only want to see three things at once. Right. And, uh, that's huge. And, awesome. and she's fully engaged the whole day. So in a moment's notice, if I need her, I just say, Hey Lorena. And she says, Hey Tom. And that's it. She's right there at the tip of my finger. So it's almost, you know, I got the idea when I was in this, my, um, I was watching with my, my, my middle daughter, she's uh, five years old, Lacey, and we were watching Mr. Popper's Penguins with Jim Carrey. 
Yeah. And there's a scene in there throughout the whole movie. He has a personal assistant who is intuitive, knows what he's going to say before he says it, and has everything done uh, for him. So he just moves out throughout his day. And it's kind of like the old-fashioned secretary or assistant from the 1940s or 50s. I mean, I'll tell you, that is a dream for me because now I'm most effective throughout my whole day in that scenario because I can just – do what I do and everything else happens based on what I'm, my, my activities, which is just fantastic. Um, I think it's also important as I, I'm getting closer now to hiring um, or trying to hire another house buyer for my team. And uh, this system now is going to be um, a better system for them because that's really what's taking my time now is having right. to meet with the homeowner. And if I can eliminate that and I've had countless conversations with Todd and other people about that and you and I were just talking about it um, a while uh, just just today. So so I think that um, that really is going to make that system a whole heck of a lot easier as well. well one thing we got to get going here, um, subject twos. Tom, talk real quick. Why are you looking at subject twos? What are you trying to do there? Sure. I, you know, I, I've been talking to um, a lot of people about subject twos, and, and I found that, you know, I, I really this started with a person that I met, one of my cash buyers, who uh, is a very, very wealthy individual. And he said, uh, Yeah, I like what you're doing, but he said, You're like a drug dealer. <laughs> I said, Okay. I said, Why am I like a drug dealer? He said, Well, he said, Here's the problem, Tom. He's like, You know, wholesaling is great, but. Um, long-term wealth is going to be in your subject twos. Now, I don't know if I agree with him 100% and I think there's ways to scale wholesaling. Um, you know, he was particularly worried about the fact that the business of wholesaling is really completely unregulated and he is anticipating that that's going to change relatively soon. But he said to me, you know, with the subject two deals, which is how he made his money, um, you get a deal, you minus 40% of, of uh, the cost and if you can clear 100 bucks a month, you know, you're in good shape. So I had some conversations at that point with him with my brother Todd and some other guys. And it just seems like it makes a whole lot of sense. I will tell you, Joe, I've missed out on lots. I've been so laser focused on wholesaling that I, I've definitely had motivated sellers with little equity, but with a month to month, um, you know, low payment that I could have put a renter into. And I, I feel like it's just another tool in my arsenal to build some long-term assets, some long-term equity, and, uh, to start getting some, generating some cash flow. So um, by by the way, I before I forget, I just thought of there's an app called Voxer. Okay. Um like you know the a, a boxer okay. with a V for virtual. And it's kind of like a walkie-talkie feature that you can send uh, messages, voice messages back and forth to people anywhere in the world with an Android or iPhone. Oh, I love um, it. It's, it's called Voxer, V O X E R. Check it out. Okay. Um so but anyway, um you you you're right. You're talking about the deals where there's not enough equity and you're just you've been walking away from that but if it's a deal that will still cash flow 100 bucks a month after taking off 40% of the rent for expenses right um and you know is that could be a deal that you could maybe keep long term in your portfolio Are, is there a certain equity minimum equity that you're looking for in those deals uh, no. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't really care if there's any equity or even if they're upside down. I, you know, I, I was running the numbers. You know, Todd and I were looking at this and we're saying, you know, why um, do we care about equity if we're not going to wholesale it to the owner occupant or to an investor and we're going to keep it? Um, we really don't care if there's much equity, if it's cash flowing. So um, there, you know, to a certain extent, um, you, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the deals that 
I mean, I don't want to be, you know, paying $400,000 for a $200,000 house, but, um, to me, it's just, I think it's just another tool. And then I, I really have to, I almost feel like a responsibility to learn more about it. And I'm just scratching the surface now. I mean, we're just getting started with this, Yeah. but I know for sure. And I have done a few in the past, but I've wholesaled them out. Uh, I know for sure that those deals are out there. There's no question. I mean, as a matter of fact, I, I literally, I just had a lady call me the other day and said, well, I, you know, the house is worth 115. I owe 115. Um, but just give me a thousand dollars and you can have the house. I don't, I want to get out. <laughs> so, wow. and I didn't do anything with it. <laughs> so, so, well, yeah, I, I have, cause I've done a lot of lease options in the past and, um, I prefer personally a sandwich lease option. Okay. Rather than a, um, subject to, I don't want to take over the mortgage. And just from my own experience, I would rather, um, if the deal goes bad, I think it's easier to get out of a lease option. Okay. Then it is a subject to deal. And it's just something to think about. It, it raises fewer red flags. You don't have to try to convince the seller to deed you over the house, right? Um, you still get the same control with the sandwich lease option as you do with the subject to okay. contract for deed. I, um, the only thing that you can't do is you can't borrow private money against the uh, any equity on a subject to deal if you're doing it as a lease option. Okay. But I would say you don't want to do that ever anyway. I love lease options because they allow you to control property without owning it. And uh, I prefer not to own the property. Um, and you do that when you take over the deed. Okay. Um, it does, you know, you can go back and forth both ways. I just like it better. You can still get the same control. And um, it's it's just easier to be a, treat it more like a master lease as a, and, and as a sandwich lease option. That's something that I've been actually looking at more and more also in my own business because Prices are starting to come back up, um, and there's a lot of sellers. And before, I would just wholesale these as lease options. Now I'm thinking about maybe I should just keep them. That's and start building up my portfolio. That's exactly where I'm at. I mean, the, you know, the particular guy I was looking at, he has 400 of them, and uh, you know, it's it's to me, it's a no brainer. Um, whether it's a sandwich lease or a subject to, but I, I am definitely interested in having that conversation with you because I am certainly um, I'm getting ready actually to do a mailing. Um, specifically to those guys, and I'm, I'm kind of new at this, so I want to, yeah. um, you know, I need to, I need to dial in some of the marketing and some of the scripting and and all of that. So, uh, yeah, if we could have a conversation about that, that would be fantastic because I am I am definitely game to start doing that. Well, cool, man, Tom. This is going to be going down in the annals of history as one of the best real estate investing mastery <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. This is so, and there's so much we didn't even talk about. Um, you know, you, you're you're coaching people as well, Tom. Um, you have a new podcast coming out um, that uh, is called Hot Seat Wholesaling. Is that right? Yes, Hot Seat Wholesaling, the interrogation room, and we are going to get you in the hot seat, Joe. So don't try to avoid me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a really cool uh, concept where you're actually going to be interviewing people, and you're going to be only talking about real life case studies. Exactly. Um, you're not going to be, you know, in, there's a, there's a ton of us out there doing these podcast interviews now where we interview other people, but you're going to be specifically now focused on, let's talk the deals, right? Let's talk a, a real deal that you d- recently did, right? Absolutely. I want to know how you found it and how you sold it and exactly what you did. And the reason Joe is that there's a lot of guys out there with a lot of philosophy. And I think that's great when you really start doing a lot of wholesaling, just like you and I are talking about now subject twos or sandwich lease options. But you know, for the guys and girls who are just starting out, 
um, you know, some of them have some cash and some of them don't and they just want to know how do you do a wholesale deal and is it real and, um, you know, one thing we do is we ask for the address. I know we talked about that but um, the reason we do that is I want people to know, yes, it's real, it's a wholesome, honest, great business and it's totally real and you can make a fortune doing it and, uh, you know, I just I just told you about this the other day. I, I just recently did a deal. I I, I made twenty nine hundred and ninety five dollars, and uh, I didn't really take it too seriously, and I kind of let the check go, and I I didn't. It sat on my desk, and you know, my wife my wife reminded me. She said, you know, Tom, two years ago when you were working selling lawn care service, uh, you would have had to work one hundred and thirteen hours for that. So don't get too uh, high and mighty. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's uh, anyway. So yeah, it's uh, hot seat wholesaling, and we are going to be um, hopefully uh, it's going to be coming out here in about another week or two. So it'll be we'll have our first episodes up, and we're going to have some great guests, including Joe McCall, right? Yes, we're going to talk about this offline. All right, uh, we'll get that scheduled. I got a good deal for you. Awesome, we can talk it. about. Um, so guys, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com. I'm going to put together some really cool. Uh, bonus. I'm going to do a little quick video on how you can send documents through Google Docs and Click-to-Mail. So how you can have your VAs now send letters for you through Click-to-Mail, even if they're in the Philippines for only like 90 cents. It's pretty crazy cheap. Um, And I'm also going to put together, um, I was just thinking about this, Tom. (laughs) I was thinking, what's a good bonus that I could give to people in the show notes? And I was thinking, okay, well, I could write a checklist of everything that we talked about. And then I thought, whoa, me, I'm not going to write that checklist. So <laughs> I actually have a, a new um, uh, lady who's working for me. She's phenomenal. Her name is Becky. And she's more of my, I, I'm calling her my project manager. And uh, I'm going to have her go through this episode and write down these notes that we talked about as a checklist when these leads come in. And so we'll have the checklist available for you guys, if you go to the show notes at realestateinvestingmastery.com, we're going to take everything that Tom and I talked about and turn it into a checklist of what happens when the leads come in and where they go and what responses go out and things like that. And so we'll put that in the show notes as well at realestateinvestingmastery.com. So, man, this has been awesome. I got a bunch of notes here, Tom. I sure appreciate it. I got to fly out of here to go to my dentist appointment. Good I'm luck. actually going to be late now. So. You know, it's always also awesome spending time with you. You're a great inspiration, and I really appreciate it. And thanks for everything you do for our industry, and it's awesome. So go enjoy the dentist. Good luck, and thanks, uh, we'll man. talk to you soon. All right. See you guys. Bye-bye.